Melody Divine. Uh, we had a uh, someone someone had canceled, and so it's a divine appointment tonight with Melody. Um, really felt like she might have something for us, and in fact, there was something on her heart. So Melody um, got connected last year um, through the Ten Days Pentecost. She's done many things in her life, um, from law to um, being a mom running a homeschool co-op um, and uh, now being one of the part of the leadership team for global family prayer and um, working in policy. Melody, I can't keep track of everything you've done, but anyway, many of you will know her well. She's been keeping us on schedule in the global family prayer room. So Melody, over to you. We're really glad to have you share with us. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, and I am grateful to be here to share with you some things that the Holy Spirit has been whispering to me this week. Um, and as Jonathan said, I came late in the game, so I've only had a few hours to prepare. So I appreciate your grace. I'm just going to ask for the Lord to, Lord, you just speak through me, I pray in this time. And I'm really grateful to be following you, Kathleen, because um, as was mentioned, um, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And I think that this, like for the revival to happen, to be operating in fully in the Holy Spirit power, what I'm about to share with you that, that the Lord wants his people to know um, is like, it's like the foundation. So he really wants us to know who he is. We have to understand his character and his goodness and his spirit, the spirit of truth. So today I'm going to be speaking mostly from 1 John. So if you want to turn to 1 John, that would be helpful. Um, the title of this talk is The Spirit of Truth, The Faithful Witness. And Asher alluded to this a little bit um, yesterday too, just how important it is to understand in these times what is true and what is false. So in 1 John 5, verse 19, it says, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God in eternal life. And so as we're going to be talking, I mean, it's the spirit of truth that enables us to know the truth and to reject what's false. It's the spirit of truth that is testifying to Jesus, but he also testifies to us. He is our seal and guarantee that, that we are of God. And he, it is him that enables us, like there's this operation of oneness, and it, it, it's operating in the spirit of truth, having the spirit of truth that enables us to walk in, in love and to actually fulfill his command to love one another. But as Jonathan mentioned, um, I I have practiced law, I was an attorney. Um, and when you're practicing law, when you're taking on a case, truth is essential. Now, like, despite what your experience may have been, 
the the pursuit should be for truth, um, whether or not it's good for your client or bad for your client. You really want to know and get at what what actually occurred, or you won't be able to to represent anyone very well. So you need to have you know witnesses and and know what they're going to say. The whole discovery process is for the purpose of gathering the information and getting at the truth. And a lot of cases hinge on the credibility of the witness. So as I thought about the spirit of truth as being a witness, um, I was fascinated and I'm inviting you to just delve into this with me um, right now. So some of you also um, like me may have, you know, had kind of a tumultuous or dysfunctional home. Maybe you had situations at work or even health situations where you felt like the rug can get pulled out from you um, at any time. But the kingdom of God is not like that at all. The kingdom of God is sure. It's unshakable. It's trustworthy. You can place your faith and your hope in it. And the spirit of God is what assures us of that simple truth. It's the spirit of God that settles us and in the end makes us effective and makes us be able to walk in this power um, in revival that Kathleen was talking about. One of my favorite names for Jesus is faithful and true from Revelation 19.11. When it describes him riding on the horse, the one called faithful and true, in righteousness he judges and makes for just to know that he's not, he's unchanging is awesome. And as he was leaving this earth before his ascension, he explained that he would send us a helper. In John 15, 26, he says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So you see this oneness in operation. The Holy Spirit is testifying of Jesus Jesus is sending him to us, but the spirit proceeds from the father. And in John 16, verse 12 through 15, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. Again, it's this oneness and operation. It's the spirit who's guiding us in all truth. He's taking from what Jesus has from the Father, and he's giving it to us. Now, why am I focusing on this? Because we're in the last hour, and the spirit of truth is truly our helper. The spirit we have is the spirit of truth, but from the garden until now, the enemy's greatest weapon is deception. It says he is the one, the great dragon, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. That's his play. But right now, the enemy is working overtime to deceive, to lead astray, to dull, to divert, whatever he can do to take our eyes off of Jesus. The devil prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And the thing about deception is when you're deceived, you don't know it. You really are deceived. Deception, the definition of deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. So that's the enemy's work to get you to believe what's false. So the fact that we have the spirit of truth is absolutely essential. I have a close friend who keeps been talking about like this, their experience of this feeling of vertigo. It's like the, like everything is just unhinged and without being rooted and grounded in the Bible and walking in the spirit of truth, it would be very easy to be led astray. And as Jonathan mentioned, I mean, I used to work in Washington, D.C., and there, there literally was like, you could feel this cloud of deception over the city. And now it's like cloud of deception over our nation and over the whole world as never before. So in 1 John, verse 2, um, no, first on chapter two, verse 18, he says, little children, it is the last hour as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So what does the Spirit of Truth testify to? Jesus Christ. If you want to feel the presence of God, if you want to, I mean, begin worshiping Jesus. Lift up Jesus and the Holy Spirit rushes in. First John 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So in receiving this testimony, we are born of God, and we love the children of God, our brothers and sisters. And we're able to keep his commandments by faith we overcome the world. I want to give you um, a picture, and this is actually going to be looking forward to the 10 days in the fall, but just this amazing picture of how the Holy Spirit and the Word testifies to Jesus. Um, just envision, you know, in the Feast of Tabernacles. It describes it in John. Jesus is there at the Feast of Tabernacles, and I don't know how much you guys know, but there's like water libations there's you know it's a festival it's the season of our joy um the last great day of the feast is hushana rabbah it's the great salvation and jesus stood there and he cried whoever if a man thirsts let him come to me and drink 
And he who believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he's basically saying like, I am, I am what you need to receive this joy. But in this celebration, there are three divisions of priests. There's a division for the altar. There's a division for the willows. And there's a division for the waters. So the, the priests at the altar, they're offering the sacrifices. The one for the willows, they go down to the valley, the Mosavat Valley, and they, they cut these 25 feet long willows. And they have this whole procession with the willows. And then there's a division of the waters and they're, they're all kind of like merging and coming together up at the temple, up at the altar. And as the priests who are carrying the, the willows, it's representative of the, of the spirit. They're like walking in cadence and they're swinging these willows back and forth and it's making the sound, you know, just the, the wind and the spirit coming in. And as they, they come up to the altar and they meet, they, they set the willows up kind of like a hoppa at the, at the altar. And then you have, you know, a priest who has a, a vessel uh, filled with water from the pool of Siloam and it's, literally called the living water and you have a, his helper who has a vessel that has wine in it and they all come there and there's a flute player a flute player who they call the pierced one who's playing and they all kind of meet and come up together and at this at the proper time they pour um into the altar there's like these two holes this is the only time they do it they pour the water in and they pour the wine in and it mixes and it comes out I'm just going to show a picture of that really quickly. Um, it was a reenactment of it. So basically you see the vessels here and they're pouring out and there's water and there's wine. I just wanted to show you that they did this in for the first time in 1997, I believe. Um, and so they're kind of celebrating and they're coming up with the willows here. Um, but I'm just going to... Um, so why am I even talking about that? Because in 1 John 5, verse 6, this is what the Spirit says. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these agree as one. So I never understood this reference, um, but let's look at Jesus' crucifixion in John 19, verse 33. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately Blood and water came out, and he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth, so that you may believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken, and again another scripture, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And those were quoting from Psalm 34 and from Zechariah 12. But Jesus is the one who enables us to draw water with joy from the wells of salvation. And it's the spirit that gives us confidence and boldness to be faithful witnesses 
just as he is faithful. So his testimony assures us of our eternal salvation and the love of God cast out all of our fear. Like once we're assured of our eternal salvation, like there's, we've got nothing to lose. Like we can be like wild men, like Kathleen who say, like we can just go crazy because we know what the end is and we know it from the Holy Spirit. So in 1 John 2, verse 20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So again, like we know, and this is the promise that he promised us, eternal life. And it's by this, this spirit that we're able to abide in the Son and in the Father. It goes on in verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who tried to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. In 1 John 3, 24, now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the same spirit whom he has given us. So we're assured that we're abiding in Christ by the spirit, by the spirit of truth. And what's crazy is the spirit of truth's testimony, his witness becomes our witness. It's like we're jurors and witnesses in our own trial. We can choose to believe by faith. And when we do, the Spirit's witness becomes our confession. And the Bible tells us to hold fast to that confession, which we've heard. I'm going to skip forward because I'm running out of time. But in Hebrews 10, in this last hour, we need to hold fast that confession from the Spirit of Truth. We need to be settled and grounded of what we have in Him. Hebrews 10, verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, have boldness to enter the holiness, holiest place, by the blood of Jesus. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. He's faithful. He can be trusted. And the Spirit, um, I have more on the abiding, um, but I just want to talk for a minute that the Spirit also is our seal and our guarantee. It's the Holy Spirit that also testifies that, that we are his children. It testifies of us to God that we are his. In 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21, it says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. In Ephesians 1, verse 13, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is this guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So I'll close um, with this because God wants us 
to be so assured of our salvation and of our eternal life in him. And because he obviously does not want us to be deceived when the great deception overtakes the whole world, we can trust him in Hebrews 6, verse 17. It says, thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, by two immutable things. Now, immutable means unchangeable. It, it cannot be changed or altered. So what it's saying is, this can't change. It's impossible for God to lie. He is going to keep his word. This gives us a strong consolation. And this hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And we enter the presence behind the veil. So in himself, he testifies by himself, the spirit of truth. And he also, by the word, which he cannot change, it's an immutable promise. It's never going back. We can stand on it. We can hope in it. We can know it forever. <laughs> so we are in his presence. We have his spirit, the spirit of truth. Hold fast the confession of Jesus. Be anchored in that promise, the promise of eternal life. And in this, then, we can be bold. Knowing these things in the last hour, we won't be deceived, we won't be fooled, we won't be led astray, and we'll be able to walk abiding in Him and loving each other. Amen.